Hey, welcome to the Faith Worship Podcast. I am sitting here with my friend Marlando, and yeah. we're just going to talk life today. The The last couple weeks, man, have been um, just turmoil in our country. There's a lot of tension, and um, the George Floyd tra tragedy kind of kicking off this new conversation that we're in. Man, I, we were talking before this, I have just so much tension in myself. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how to respond. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And I kind of just, over the last week, have just kind of been within myself thinking and processing and praying. And I really feel God pushing me towards conversation. Yeah. And, and the best thing that I can do is not trust what I see on the news, yeah. not trust what I can see on social media, yeah. but trust the face-to-face, -face, yeah, the conversation exactly. I can have with my brothers. Yeah. So. Um, I, I just want to talk today and I, I want to listen more yeah. than talk. I, I want to have this conversation. So I yeah. just want to open the floor and, and hear your heart on what's going on and, and awesome, let's chat. Bro. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So first, thank you. Thank you for allowing me to come, asking me to be a part of this. I'm excited. You know, we've had different opportunities to talk on different platforms, but I believe the church, um, the church's role and the church's responsibility is very, very strong. And I believe that the church can change and shift atmospheres by their voice. Yeah. I believe that the church can, when they rise up and they speak in a territory, I believe different things has to bow down because we don't just speak out of our own selves like others may do, but we speak with the power of God leading us and the mm -hmm. power of God propelling us and the power of God within us and the power of God following us. Yeah. And so when those happen, I believe the atmosphere shifts, right? Just because we are the church. So it's an honor to be a part of this. It's an honor. Thank you, sir. There's so many other people you could ask. <laughs> Man, I thank appreciate you, you for thank asking you. me. Yeah. Um, let's, let's just hear some of your story. And as we jump into this, the, the way that your personal life plays into the way you approach All right. what's happening right now. Well, uh, well, from the beginning, I, mom, I am from a, I'm from a single mother household. Yeah. She, she had three boys. I'm the oldest of three. And, um, my dad happened to um, make some poor decisions when he, when he was younger, and he happened to find himself incarcerated when I was a baby. And so I guess in my household, from the outside looking in, it's like the stereotypical what people say about a black household, a single black mom raising boys or whatever. Uh, but once you got into our house, it was completely different. I had a mom that worked for 40 years in Hanford making, you know, bank, making uh, being a budget analyst um, for multi-million dollars projects in the in, in the Hanford project we had family members my uncles and things that stepped up and said this is a, a way and then the greatest man that I know is my grandfather who's passed away that taught me how to work and taught me how mm -hmm. to had taught me my faith and taught me you be you could have a horrible past but when you meet God God turns all that stuff around and wow. turns your all your the, the bad turns it around for your good and how to and he actually um, served the community and a way of uh, he used to plant a garden and every year when he planted that garden he would um he would um, take portions of that and he would just give it away to the different individuals in our community. Wow. So he wouldn't even, he wouldn't uh, sell it to them. He'd give it to them wow. because he understood how important it was to impact our community. So just thinking about it, that was the first time I really seen uh, positive when I'm four or five years old, positive impact of our community. Mm. So with that being said, 
said we have the opportunity I didn't tell you this but we had the opportunity of having a group of 15 uh, children in our lives brown and black kids uh, that's that, that we get the opportunity of parenting wow. um, yeah <laughs> yeah there's 15 of us and so with that uh, one of the things that we try to do is build identity because we have to know I believe when you know who you are, it's very difficult for you to stray away from that, nor allow somebody else to speak that to you, nor allow someone else speaking a negative word because of who you are to tear you down. Mm. So um, we we have powerful young men and women that sometimes we have to censor ourselves and say, okay, slow down. It's a little bit too much. Come come back, you know. <laughs> and so it's awesome to be a part of that. It's awesome to be a part of a mixed culture with my wife being Hispanic and, and I me mean, being African-American, seeing the different uh, vibes in that but let me just share one thing I, I shared a couple of things but uh, earlier with you but there was a point um, why this is really I, 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 why this is really in uh, and passionate for me I, I've I was in law enforcement for like 15 to 16 years mm-hmm. was a police officer in the military came out became a, a, a nuclear security officer out in Hanford and and done various things in law enforcement for for multiple years so I was able to see these different things and work with and work with chief Metzger, work with the different chiefs and uh, and as prosecuting attorneys different things and different things I've done in my life in this community um, but there was a one night I was I'm also was a pastor at Cornerstone Church, formerly uh, World Life Christian Center. While we were World Life Christian Center, we were at the Broadmoor Mall. And while we were there, um, um, there was a late evening on a Sunday evening. I don't remember why I was there late doing church business. I, I just don't remember why, what it was. Well, I was there and I was locking everything up and I had my boys with me, uh, my older boys. And I was locking the final doors. I said, go to the back, go to the back door, go to the car and I'll be there in a minute. I'm finishing up. They walk out, go to the back door, go to the car. I walk out the back car to the car and I see um, the police department standing there questioning them on why they're doing what they're doing, why they're there. And I walk out and I happen to know the officer and the officer says, oh, Mr. Sparks, you know these guys? Yeah, they're my kids. Oh, I'm sorry. And they pass on. And I had to have a conversation with my boys at that moment saying, listen, um, I didn't apologize for what the officer did. I believe it was wrong. I I understand their job. I understand all of that. But to me, all of a sudden you stop questioning, questioning these young men just because you know who I am. And I thought to myself, what if you didn't know who I was? Would you have continued to question me? So there was a lot of thoughts. And so that was a recent thing, maybe five, six years ago, maybe a little bit longer. But but the reason why we're doing what we're doing today is because I feel I feel we can change systematic oppression in our in our justice system, in the police department. We can do all of that. We can ask them, like one of our goals are, we're asking um, the police department to create new policies. We're asking the, the mayors and things to create some accountability. Those are the things that we're asking for, amongst other things. But those are the things, create policy and all that, asking people, we need you to come vote for new leadership. We need you to do this. We need you to do that. So we're asking all those different things, right? But my wife and I were talking, and I said, you know, when we, when I look at that, Situation, the horrific murder that was caught on video. When I look at that, um, I see a man that 
there were other there was probably hundreds probably hundreds upon hundreds of other officers on that force that went through the same law enforcement academy mm-hmm. that went through the same because you have to go through an ethics class that went through the same probably during that time there was probably uh, uh, um, a class on diversity yeah. and learning diversity there was uh, the same de-escalation escalation escalation tactics all the same things and this particular officer chose to sit on someone not only him but a few others chose to sit on someone that was handcuffed, that was no longer violent, that was no longer resistance, they said that he was, but he was no longer doing that. And it's shown that was pleading for his life mm-hmm. and chose to set on his neck for another uh, three minutes after this man stopped moving. Mm-hmm. And I and I told my wife, I said, you know, I don't think it's a law. I think it's, I think there's some law enforcement change that needs to happen. I, I do. But I also believe that it is a very spiritual issue and it's a heart issue. Yeah. And I think that the man's heart, I think there was something going on because the more you read about it, that they used to work together in, in clubs and they did bouncing together. So they kind of knew each other. Now, the, uh, if all that is rumor, I'm not sure, but it's being said and it's being out there. All I'm saying is, is that it's a hard issue and I don't believe that it's an isolated thing I think there's so many different individuals that walk our communities every day white black Hispanic all have the same heart issue yeah because I think you can be and I'm probably going to get kind of booed out because of this but I think you can be a black racist and Hispanic racist and a white racist mm. I believe that because I think it's a hard issue mm. and I think it's a very spiritual issue so me, us as the church has to rise up and push back yeah. on that so I believe Jesus would be the one saying hey you guys I understand the issue but we look, need to look deeper because Jesus never dealt with the surface issue he always dealt with the root issue so good. and so the root issue is a heart thing where is your heart at where why would you do this? The why behind it, mm-hmm. not the action. The action is horrible, but what is the why yeah. behind that? What made you What made you feel a man? I don't know if you've ever felt someone being passed out. You know, we do teach different defensive tactics. I don't know if you ever have put a, per, a chokehold on a person or whatever, and, and you could feel, you know that they're just going to sleep for 30 seconds or 10 seconds or whatever, but you can feel the life leave. Mm. And and you can feel it, right? And but you know with the chokehold, you know immediately as soon as I let that guy go, the blood comes back and they come back, yeah. right? So knowing that a man is dying, there's a way you could feel it, man. <laughs> and just to sit on, I I just don't understand it. I honestly don't, and I don't think there's anybody. I think that's where the cry is. There's nothing that anybody can say to make someone understand this. Yeah. Right. You can't understand it, but I think when a person is silent, I think that's silence speaks, um, speaks that you believe that that was okay. Mm. And I think that your silence has to, not, the silence of the church is not okay. I, yeah. I, I think that the, when the church rises up, no matter what denomination, no matter what your demographic looks like and says, and says, this was wrong, right? This is wrong. And because it's wrong, 
these are ways as a church we can rise up as a body of yeah. believers. One of the greatest movements in the civil rights movement when Martin Luther King walked over Selma, when he walked over to the bridge, over the bridge to Selma, that he walked not only with African-American individuals, not only with, with um, black Baptists, not only, it was a group of church individuals and, and, yeah. and, and political individuals that came together for one common cause and mm -hmm. said, you know what, this is not right for humanity. It's not just not right for black people. Humanity rise, this is not right. And so Jews and Gentiles, Catholics and Baptists all came together and said, this is what we need to do and stand up as a body of believers and said, if nobody else is going to take a stand, we're going to take a stand. And I think that's where the church needs to be. It says, I don't care what the world does, because, I mean, that's what we preach every Sunday, right? Yeah. That's what yeah. we preach every Sunday. I don't care what the world does. As a church, this is what we do. Yeah. This is our role. These are our core values. This is our, we're based on biblical principles. This is what we, this is, what would Jesus do? I don't think Jesus will be following the world. I think Jesus would say, look, this, we, we are not of this world, right? Yeah. But we're in it. We're not <laughs> of it. So yeah. because we're in it, we're going to impact it. And I'm not going to allow so to good. compromise us, it's not. I'm not going to be compromised by the world. I'm going to be. I'm going to. I'm going to be a shaker in this world. And so I think that's where our movement lies. That's what we do yeah. is to say I can sit in front of the. We're going to go meet with the with the Kenwick Police the Chief in a, in a little bit, and when we meet with him, we'll sit at the table with all these different opinions. But you best believe we will have an opinion that says I understand what you're saying, but humanity says this. I may not preach a scripture to him, but he will know exactly what I'm speaking from, from the principles that we've learned according to the word of God. Yeah. And I think that's important. So I, I, I said a lot <laughs> and I know, I'm, I hope I answered it, what you were asking me, but I, I just feel like it's a hard issue. And we yeah. as a people have to say, you know what? I need to check my heart. Stephanie and I did a, a live uh, uh, a week ago, maybe maybe two weeks ago, and that the topic was the autopsy of us, the autopsy of me. I want to look within my own self. Yeah. I, we felt like during this pandemic, we were people are isolated to themselves, yeah. and they can get all messed up in their mentality because of their isolation, mm -hmm. or they can take that moment and look at themselves and say, okay, where do I need to grow in? Where do I need to... What are my weak areas? What are my strengths or whatever, right? And I said, this. we were saying this is the perfect opportunity for us to look within ourselves. Yeah. This is a perfect opportunity for the church to look within the church yourselves. What, what are we doing or what are we not doing? Are we, if I can say it like this, uh, Martin Luther King says one of the most segregated times is 11 o'clock on a Sunday because <laughs> we are moved. Your church is here all white. Our church is over here all uh -huh. black and we're pushed wow. to the side and then we come back together on a Monday and try to work together. Yeah. So I, I, I was just thinking when I, when I said that, are we as a church segregated ourselves? Are we showing silence racism? If a whole group of individuals come in that don't look like us, smell like us, or move like us, are we going to give them the side eye and say, I don't know if this church is for you maybe you need to go up a block around the corner and that that might be a better fit for you Man. i mean what are we really doing as yeah. a church so i think we have a great responsibility um as a church in this time not to remain silent uh but to be inclusive in a way that we honor you all um and it's not there's so much in me man it's yeah. it's not a political thing to me i it's I, I, do I agree with do I agree with everything? No, nah, I don't. I don't. So it's it's I, I the agenda. 
I, Sammy Rodriguez, Pastor Sammy Rodriguez, wrote a book on it. He called it the Agenda of the Lamb. Mm. He says it's not a, it's not the agenda of the Republicans nor the Democrats. This is a kingdom agenda, mm. and we got to realize what does God's word say about it. If you ever read the book, it's called the Agenda of the Lamb by mm. Sammy Rodriguez. It's a great book talking about the role of the church in this political movement and it's the agenda of the kingdom you have to speak the kingdom it's not about the person you have to speak the kingdom to me if the person don't align with the kingdom that's not uh, yeah it's, it's the agenda of the kingdom i'm not trying to take us into a controversial <laughs> moment brother i'm sorry man that's so good i i what you hit on is amazing because i think especially right now, it's important for the church to remember what their role in the community is. It's not to sit around and wait to see what the best move could be. It's not to see someone crying out and decide whether or not you agree with them. It's to see them crying out and jump in line with them and say, why are you crying out? How can I help? How can I care for you? How can I be a part of, of making you um, helping the healing happen. How, yeah. how can my heart change? And yeah. how can I be compassionate and empathetic? Not yeah. how how can I make everybody agree with my yeah. political point of view? Exactly. That's so good, man. Think, think about this here, man. There's this there's this there's this population in the in the word called the Samaritan, right? There's a population of individuals called Samaritan, half breed individuals, people that really didn't want to deal with them, individuals, people that were kind of pushed to the side. Yeah. You really don't want people that when the disciples were supposed to go to a place, they said, "Don't go through Samaritan." Go around it because you really don't want to talk to those people. All right. So there's a story in the, in the word called the Good Samaritan, right? The Good Samaritan. There's somebody beat down on the street. There's somebody beat up on the side of the road. They're walking by. There's a priest that goes by and looks at him and keeps on walking. There's a Levite that goes by and looks at him and keeps on walking. But there's a Samaritan, someone that's considered you're not the greatest, you're not this, you're not that, sees this individual, helps this individual, takes care of this individual until it gets better. Same Samaritan individuals, same people that people don't look, uh, may not agree with or whatever, same type of individuals meets Jesus at the well. Samaritan woman meets Jesus at the well. Jesus began to have a conversation with him. I believe at that moment, everybody looking around saying, what is this Jew talking to a Samaritan? That doesn't make sense. That That don't mix. That's not right. Yeah. They maybe they didn't understand, but Jesus said, there's a point to this. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a point. I'm not waiting to, <laughs> I'm not waiting to cause an agreement with that. I don't, I don't need to agree with every point. And I think that's something that Christians have. We, sometimes we, uh, maybe this is a little bit cutting edge. I don't know, but sometimes we only move with people we agree with. Yeah. And I disagree with that because yeah. I don't believe we move with everyone we agree with. I believe there is common ground in, in terms of, uh, Jesus Christ and my Lord and Savior. I, 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 but there's other things that I may not agree with, but we have a common ground, right? Yeah. And so God has called me as a pastor. God has called you as a pastor to say, okay, we need to find someone like a Samaritan person that we may not fully agree with, but that doesn't mean we can't talk to them. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that we can't love on them. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that we can't reach out to them. Yeah. That doesn't mean that we can't do that. Once we do that, we're able to pull that person in. So at this very moment, right, I sat there on Saturday and I watched um this might be a little bit too much for some of you Christians that are watching, but it don't matter to me. <laughs> we watched we watched trans individuals, we watched gay individuals, we watched uh, gangsters, we watched drug dealers, we watched a little bit of everybody come to Pasco on 20th and Court for a cause. And at that moment, as a pastor, can I talk to that trans guy? 
Am I supposed to? Am I supposed to talk to that mm. person I know is not right? Am I supposed to? Or should I separate myself? Mm. And for us, it's like, no, I'm going to embrace, right? Yeah. I'm going to embrace and I'm going to, I'm going to share the love of God. I'm going to use this moment to, so God's word in the book of Romans talks about he makes all things work together for the good. He's going to cause this moment to work together for the good. Yeah. But if the church can't rise up so people can see the living word of God in motion, that's what I believe we're living epistles. And every time we walk around and we talk and we move, there's people in our community are seeing God's word in motion mm. right now mm. in 2020 they're mm. seeing it in motion when yeah. we move they see it in motion i'm going to do that stephanie is going to do that so that when people ask why are y'all doing what you're doing it's not just because we love god which we do but we love you and we see value in you too mm -hmm. like jesus with the samaritan woman man you you've had a whole bunch of husbands but that's okay yeah <laughs> i still got some water for you yeah yeah <laughs> your value still important to me your uh, thirst is still important to me yeah, so even good. though it's all even though you live there, your thirst is still important to me. And that woman said, that woman said, she dropped everything at that moment. She dropped everything and left. And she didn't have a word. She didn't have a scripture. She didn't have anything to say. All she went to her city and says, hey, um, hey, y'all, I think we need to do something different. Why we need to do something different? Because I met a man that told me everything about me and embraced me. Even though he told me, he still embraced me. That's, that's powerful. Yeah. So in this moment, there are people that don't want the church. They want the church to speak. But not only that, they want the church to be a living epistle that when they're crying, they want them to cry with them. Yeah. <laughs> when they're hurting, they want them to hurt with them. Yeah. To be the, the, the to, to be what, what would Jesus do in this moment? I believe Jesus was set there, maybe not say a word, but be there to console and help. Mm -hmm. And at the moment when the door opens, he will speak a life-giving word that will raise that individual up. I believe that's what we're called to do. Yeah. I don't know. I believe ex I believe that's, I know that's what I'm called to do. I know that's what Stephanie's called to do. In the middle of this movement that we get the privilege of being a part of with this awesome team that we're working with, that we get the opportunity to speak life yeah. and say, you know what? I understand your hurt. I understand your pain. I'm not throwing a rock at a building, but you best believe I will sit in front of a a judge, I will sit in front of a lawyer, I will sit in front of a mayor yeah. and 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 throw the word to them in hopes that this will cause a systematic change. But while we're doing that, you come here and cry on our shoulder mm. and let us give you strength. Yeah. Let us help you up. Let yeah. us lift you up until your ankle bones become strong enough that you can go help somebody else. So I think we have a dual purpose in the church, not just pray for people, which is awesome. We should pray. Yeah. We should pray and we should do those things. But there has to be action on our prayer, yeah. like what you guys are doing with the Convoy of Hope. There's an action on the prayer. There's mm -hmm. a need. We can pray. I, I believe I, I, if you heard me preach ever before, I said you can people's lives can be saved because of a hot dog. And they're like, what are you talking about? I remember I was in the streets of Portland and, and we would give out food and we would give out socks. And I would watch a homeless person look at the sock, the, the 50 cent sock I had in my hand, and I handed it to them and they got excited. And I, there was a guy named Marshall Snyder. He taught me, he said, man, do you realize that this man could have been praying for warm feet 
and you came and supplied the warm feet. Because you supplied the warm feet with a 50-cent pair of socks, they know God hears them. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? Man. God can—and and so I think we need to get out of this box of four. I think God has done something awesome with this pandemic, saying, okay, you need to get out of your church because mm-hmm. church in our buildings is a segregated place. Mm. If I could say it like that, it doesn't matter if you agree. But it really is. Think about it. Look who sits around in your area. Whatever. And then, t- <laughs> and so I'm sorry, man. You, no, you, good. I'm sorry. It's good. Just look around your area. Yeah. And it's yeah. segregated. He's saying, get out of your area yeah. and go impact our community like what the church is supposed to do. Yeah. God, in the Great Commission, he says, don't come and sit in the church and just talk and look at everybody else that looks familiar to you. He says, you need to go out and make disciples. Mm-hmm. Go out and do it. Not come in and do it. Go out and do it. You bring them in so they can go back out and do it. I don't know. I'm get just saying. Yes, sir. Yeah. Very much so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so talk to me about um, what you're doing in our community. Because like, I, th- I think the biggest thing is is what we've talked about, our yeah. hearts changing. Yeah. That, that's what need, we need to have revival in ourselves. Yes, sir. Um, and as that's happening, it, like you're saying, we need to act on those prayers. We need to act on yes, that sir. heart change. We can't just keep that within ourselves. Yes, sir. Jesus calls us to take that somewhere. Yes, sir. Um, how can we respond in our community? Okay, so so uh, last Sunday, our, our pastors, uh, and and in conjunction with Sozo's church, uh, Pastor Joy Meredith and Pastor Marlon and Megan Jordan, uh, Joey Meredith Zamora and Megan Jordan and Marlando and Megan Jordan from Solo Church. Um, they did a joint prayer meeting, right? And in those prayer meetings, they had specific prayer points. They prayed for the government. They prayed for our leaders. They prayed for the police officers. They prayed for the families of those impacted. And it was about maybe 100, 200 people that were there praying. And it was awesome, right? And at that moment, we were already working with these different organizations. But we felt, okay, we prayed about it. But if we don't move on those prayers, those prayers are just there until somebody moves on them, right? I believe a prayer opens the door. If ain't nobody walking through the door, come on. We, we need to walk and move on the prayer that we believe. I think that's what faith is. We walk in on the prayer and the, and the word that we believe, yeah. and we wait for the door to open. So so with that, we began to start making phone calls and asking questions. And so we started with our own local f- police department, and we had a great conversation with the police department here where we're in hopes that we're going to, after this pandemic kind of slows up a little bit and we get a little bit more in the the phases move up for us. Yeah. We have some plans with our local um, police department and our local community to do, to hold like a rally and things like that here. Mm-hmm. Um, but while we're waiting for that, while we're in waiting, um, we're, we we got the green light from them to continue to do protests. Uh, I want to call them a peaceful movement um, because it, it because I think that's what it is. I, I don't think it's just a one individual thing. It's a peaceful movement. So on Saturday, this Saturday, I think it's the what's today the fifth. The 6th, Today, the 6th, yeah. June 6th, Saturday the 6th, we are having a peaceful movement on in Pasco at, uh, on Court Street between 20th and 28th, I think, around that time, around that area, between 20th and 28th, you will see individuals there. Um, we believe that it's a systematic issue. We don't want a, a quick change. We want a long-lasting change, yeah. right? And so we believe that come June, come August 1, 1st, August in our primaries, people need to vote, Yeah, right? And then come in November, people need to vote. Mm-hmm. And it's it's cool to vote, and it's great to vote for our president. Please do. Put, put your name in and vote for the president. But you have to understand that we get a quicker impact 
on our personal lives by our local officials. Right. So there's going to be commissioners. There's going to be school board members. There's going to be uh, um, city city council individuals. There's going to be all these those type of individuals, judges, and and things that we need to be educated about to understand what the real topic is or how they stand on various topics and and give an educated vote, not just a guessing vote. I don't yeah. know. Uh, and, and, and this is for every every person out there. You can't just look at him like, oh, this name sounds good, and just and just color in the, the, the bubble and be like, oh, I'm voting for them. Look at the voter pamphlet and educate yourself on what their true values are mm-hmm. and what they and what their mission is and how they're going to impact our community yeah. and allow that to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one of the things. So we're going to have this this uh, uh, movement on Saturday and we're going to be registering people to vote. We're going to maintain the social, try to maintain social distancing, but we will have masks for everyone. We'll have everything right so that people have an opportunity to have a peaceful voice uh, in our community. So that's one thing we're doing. We're also, uh, Stephanie and I, as well as being pastors of that church, we also have a community organization, a ministry called The Power of Re. And every Friday, we have this thing called Friday Night Live that we host on Facebook. And so this particular Friday, we're having a, a virtual town hall meeting with attorneys and uh, police officers and educators and activists and youth advocates and and all those type of individuals and pastors from all over our nation because I wanted to hear what is it like in Texas? What is it like in Miami? What is it like in New York? What is it like in Portland? What is it like in Seattle? What is it like here in the Mm Tri-Cities from all these different points of view and so that we can have a solution-based conversation on what people can do in their house right now with their five kids, three kids, two kids, what can you do and what are some practical things that you can help bring forth the change? And so we're doing that on Friday, um, this Friday at five five o'clock. It's called Friday Night Live. Um, um, And it's going, it's usually an hour, but we're going an hour and a half this time because we want to give a little bit more opportunity for people to speak and share and people have the opportunity to ask questions and um, we'll address those questions. So so, those are some of the things that we can do. But I don't know if people know this. We were just with the voter registration individuals. If you're 16 years old, you can register to vote Hmm. at 16. I didn't know that. You can register to vote. You won't get a ballot until you're 18, but you're already pre Register, yeah. And so that's something that we can really start working on. And so I want to encourage if there's any teenagers out there and you feel like you need a voice, come and register. So when you turn 18, you, they will send a, a voter's pamphlet and a voter's ballot to your mother's house, your father's house, and you'll have the opportunity already ready for you to vote. And so I think that is some of the most important because I've heard many people in my family and around me that says my voice doesn't matter. OK, let's make your voice matter specifically right now yeah. because if you don't you will, we will have the same conversation come next year mm-hmm. we'll have the same conversation four years from now mm-hmm. so our voice uh does matter so i think that's very important yeah that's amazing man i i was actually planning on this uh this episode going live this coming monday but because of that i want to make sure this gets out and awesome. so i'm gonna get this edited tonight and everything and awesome. i'm sorry yeah. no no that's good because <laughs> I, I think like we're talking about response yeah. right? and i want to help people respond i want to respond awesome. myself like i it starts with this conversation yeah. this is like my first step yeah. um but i'm so moved to be a part of that because i know that i need to be even if i'm just standing next to people yeah. and and standing with 
with them in their brokenness and in their anger and yeah. in their hurt. Um, so that's so good. I'll be honest, man. When we were at the the movement last Saturday, you could see there was babies in strollers holding signs says my life matters mm -hmm. and there was an older white couple holding signs that says i may not understand but we stand with you yeah and it's just the 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 uh the 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 span or or the the how this movement is impacting two different generations yeah. from two different ways of life that says okay i may not understand where you're coming from but i feel that yeah and if i feel that I'm going to stand here and I'm going to be a voice. Yeah. And that's powerful to me when you're sitting there and you see thousands of cars honking of different individuals, mm -hmm. more positive than negative. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. And I think that's what the world needs to see. I think yeah. this time out for all of this negativity and division, it's time for us as a generation and as a country to come together as yeah. one and says, we will stand. I may not agree with everything that you believe in, but I'm going to stand with you because we are Americans. We are men and women of faith well, and I'm standing with you and I'm going to agree with you because when I'm going to tell you brother we are we are brothers right mm -hmm. and I'm, I I stand I, I watch different things happen but my wife and I are the type if you ever needed something from us it doesn't we don't uh, I hate to say we don't see color because we do see color you do actually see color but the heart of you mm -hmm. Is more important to me than what you look like. Yeah. And so if you call me at two o'clock in the morning, I will not hesitate to come if you are white, black, green, or indifferent. It doesn't matter because it's the heart of the man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so I think that's what we need to get back to. Yeah. It's the heart of the person that says, I love you just because of who you are. Yeah. And because of the Christ inside of you. So I don't know. I can go forever, but I don't want to go on too <laughs> I love long. it, man. I love it. <laughs> thank you for sitting down. Thank you for letting me listen. And thank you for being at the forefront of our local movement. Um, I, I appreciate it so much. And, and yes, I appreciate sir. you just helping my eyes be open, yeah. helping me understand and helping me give voice to people like me that are kind of in the same place. And they're like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, so can, can you close this episode out just by praying, just yes, praying sir. over this? I sure can. And before I pray, I just want to say many people, you said the forefront, I, I wouldn't be nowhere where, I wouldn't be able to speak the way I speak or whatever people may think they see my wife and I doing if I didn't have people before me yeah. making it already happen. They made it easy. They they stood and were got rocks thrown at them and they they experienced things I have never experienced. So I think all of those voices that you may never see yeah. understand uh, that you don't just hear me. You hear the Mitchells. You hear the Kinseys. You hear the Sparks. You hear the the Daniels. You hear the Grosses. You hear the Barajas's. You hear the Chavez's. You hear all of those wrapped up into this this uh, two hundred some pound black dude <laughs> speaking in that. Yeah. And that, that people need to understand that that no one stands up on their own. Mm. And if they do, you don't need to follow them because they're not good leaders. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but that's the truth. I think it's true. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. You don't stand on your own. You always stand on the pillows, on the backs of individuals that have already been there before you. Yeah. And if you can't honor those that have been before you, I don't believe you're a good leader. A leader honors those that have been before you, yeah. and they lift up those that are trying to lead. And so, so I just that's just how I believe. And so I just honor all those that came uh, before me and given me the platform to do this. Yeah. All right. Father, we thank you uh, for unity. 
Father, we thank you for peace. We thank you for joy. We thank you for understanding. We thank you for perseverance. We thank you for long suffering. We thank you for all of those gifts of the Spirit. Father, we thank you for your love. Your love conquers all things. Allow love, the love of Christ to rise above all this because when your love there's nothing that can contend to your love there's nothing that can come against your love it may come but it will not stand because your love is powerful your love casts down enemies your love your love calls you to die be buried and resurrected your love look death in the face that says you don't have any more sting on these people father I thank you for your love allow us as a people uh, God to begin to move in the love of Christ to love and not hate, to show peace and not and not anger. Father, allow us to show these the individuals that are causing pain how to love through it all. And with that, allow us as an individual and as, as people to look at within our own selves. And if we find hatred within us, because we all have, I believe, a little bit of it in and we may not see it. But allow us to deal with it and look with it inwardly and find where the root issue is, God. And we ask that, God, that you go in there and you just begin to uproot those those areas in our lives that we may not even known that was there, that may have been planted from generations before us. Remove those things and allow us to see things the way that you see them, the way your word sees them in the lens of the kingdom of God. And Father, we thank you in advance. We pray for the families that have been impacted, not just Mr. Floyd's family, but the hundreds of families that have been impacted, even locally, the Zambrano family that was impacted because of this. Father, we ask that you just comfort them because we I believe that during these times, these, these raw emotions are awaken again. So Father, I ask that you comfort comfort those families, Father, and I ask that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guards their hearts and their minds and our communities. Allow the peace of God to rest in our communities, God. Mm -hmm. Father, and all wisdom to be a double portion, hundredfold portion or whatever, God, on the leadership of our nation, of our of our communities, of our regions, allow of our governor, uh, allow wisdom to be their portion. Give them the wisdom and strategies to make right decisions that will impact not political decisions, but right decisions. And Father, we thank you. And finally, God, allow our churches to rise up and speak forth, not just with a voice, but with action. And Father, we thank you for that now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Man, thank you. You're awesome, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate you.